So I've got a message this morning, um, and it's very simply titled Psalm 16. And then God spoke to me this morning. <laughs> but I'm going to get to it. But I felt like God saying Psalm 16, but he f- wants me to focus on one word. And we've been doing something this, 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 in the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about Jesus. We've been talking about get plugged into Jesus. Jesus is the vine. He's the true vine. He's not the Ezekiel 15 vine. He's the, he's the John 15 vine. And then last week, Jethro was talking about Jesus as the Sabbath. He is our rest. And I felt like God this morning wanted to say, Jesus is our refuge. And I'll get into what that is. But then God caught my attention, and I, I didn't warn you, Louise, but can you put up the welcome slide? It's very strange, I know. But something that I, I, I was sitting, and I don't often get to sit at the beginning of the meeting. Normally, I was doing what Jethro did this morning, so I have my back to the screen. But I was sitting in my chair, and I was looking up at this picture, and I was just getting overwhelmed by this picture. And so one of my favorite emojis at the moment you might get it from me, is the, the wave crashing over. And those of you who've received that emoji from me, you're probably like, what is Ian talking about? Because if you get a lot, of, a lot of WhatsApps from me, you'll find that I feel that I have a divine language of emoji where I will send you entire WhatsApps with no words, just emojis. And I expect you to interpret in the Lord. <laughs> but... The, the one that's been stirring up my heart recently is this emoji of this wave. And there's just the sense that something is building. Something is building in God's people. Something is building in the kingdom. And there was a prophetic word, and, and Leon's not with us this morning, but there's a prophetic word that Leon brought in September where he said he was standing on the beach but he was standing where there used to be water and it was dry like a desert and he felt like he was dry like a desert. And the reason was because the water had drawn back in anticipation of the tsunami of God that is coming. And so this morning, if that's you, if this morning you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm feeling dry like a desert, it doesn't have to stay that way. Just hold your ground and let God overwhelm you with the wave of his spirit. And so I saw this picture, and I just saw this wave coming, and, and so I was trying to listen to Jethro, but I was just totally overwhelmed by the sense of God is coming to be with his people. Thank you. And then, and then something else struck me. So then, then Nadine got up, and she's talking about 4.12, and she's talking about going to the churches. Uh, and for some of you, the Northern Cape might feel like the nations, but I promise you, it's part of us. And then, and then going to the nations, to Brazil, to America, to the Isle of Man, to wherever. And, um, and then Jethro stood up, and he spoke about the field of great price. And here's the interesting thing. When we talk about, sorry, can you open that? Thanks. When we talk about 412, when we talk about the partnership of churches, we talk about the field that God has given us influence over as a people. And it just struck me again that when, when, when Jethro was talking about the field of great price, it's that sense of the church. The church is God's field, and the specific, and fields, and we have a field, but he has many fields. But, but God has called us 
to the church, to his field. And, and for God, there is nothing more precious. There is nothing more beautiful and more valuable than his people. And that's you. And that's, in a sense, why I can stand here before you and say, Jesus is your refuge. Because he wants you to find him and find safety in him. So then God, during the, the prayer time, you can see all of this was planned. <laughs> so God, during, during the, the prayer time before the meeting, uh, he, he puts this thought in my head of embassies. And, uh, and I don't know if you know, but the Bible call, says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors in this world. He's called us not just to live a good life, not just to have comfort, not just to have all those things that we seek for, but God has called us to actually represent Him to the nations and to the people that don't know Him. And what's awesome about being an ambassador is you get an embassy. And I don't know if any of you have ever gone to the American embassy in uh, Constantia. I think it's Constantia, Takai. It looks like a city. It is the most imposing building I've ever seen. And it's got this massive satellite dish outside. And you just go there and you're like, they are watching me. <laughs> you walk in very nervous. But there's that sense of we are ambassadors. And where we spend time is God's embassy. And so I went to go look and see, what, how does that work? Because a lot of countries will have embassies. So like I said, the American embassy is in the middle of Cape Town. So does that mean that America owns a bit of Cape Town and, and, and Australia and all the other countries? Do they own? And, and, and the legal stance is no. It's not owned. So as soon as they leave... They have no power over that ground when they leave it. But while they occupy it, they have a special privilege from the host government. They have a special privilege that they have a sovereign control over that space. So if that government wants to come in to the embassy, they have to ask permission. That's the church where we meet we get to be with Jesus, and where Jesus is, is his refuge, and that becomes sovereign ground, and the enemy has to ask permission, like he did in Job, to come into that space. That's the power of Jesus for us and to us, and that's why we don't necessarily believe in church buildings. We, we love buildings because they're super useful. We don't have to rent, and we don't have to you know, be worried that this morning I was worried we wouldn't have this venue for some reason. But, but we don't put our value in the building. We put our value in the people. Because Jesus says, where two or more are gathered, there I am. So let me actually get into my notes. But that's something, I just want that to weigh on you in terms of God is our refuge. All right, so we can put up Psalm 16 in the NLT version. We're going to read through the whole of Psalm 16. Don't worry, it's not 119, because then we'd be here all week. Psalm 16, it's fairly short, but just read through with me. And I felt like God's saying this morning, He wants to wash us with His Word. 
And so as we read God's Word, just a, a little thing that uh, Dion taught me, Dion who's coming next week, he taught me when you read Scripture, there are three questions you should keep on asking yourself. What does this tell me about me? What does this tell me about God? And what does this tell me about us as the church? So as we're reading this, just keep those three thoughts in mind. All right. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my master. All the good things I have are from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Those who chase after other gods will be filled with sorrow. I will not take part in their sacrifices or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that I am. That is, sorry, you guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy, and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your godly one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. And in a sense, I could just stop there. <laughs> but I did want to massage it in a bit this morning. So we're going to go through that. We're going to go through the psalm again. And I just want to go line by line and point out a few things of who God is to you. The God of refuge. And uh, so the first line, we can switch to the, the ESV. So it's slightly different in the ESV, but, but very similar. So it says here, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Now the interesting thing about a refuge is what will trigger for Israel back in the day when we speak about refuge, is that when Israel came into the promised land or were about to come into the promised land, God designated Judah will be here and um, Simeon will be here and every tribe will have a place they call their own. Except the Levites. The Levites will not have a home that they can call their own because the Levites will have me as their home. And it's such a, it's a foreshadow for us of God isn't going to give us the nations in the sense of the physical. We can now plant the flag of Jesus in the country and say, this country or this city belongs to Jesus. We can never do that until he comes back. But he gives us himself and his presence. So the Levites, they, they didn't get a, a region but what they did get was they got cities amongst the other tribes. And those cities were called cities of refuge. And the idea being that if you committed a crime, you would stand trial. Except one crime, murder. 
If you killed somebody, the, 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 person, the family could take vengeance immediately. So what God said was, if you've been accused or you think somebody thinks that you did something like that, run to the city of refuge and then there'll be a trial. But if you ever leave that city without the trial, they can come and get you. It's fair game again. And so there's a sense of we have fallen short of the glory of God. And the consequence of sin And sin is a very simple concept. Sin is whenever we do anything in thought, in heart, or in deed that God does not like. If we've ever done that, I have done that. I've done that this week even, because I'm not perfect yet. But if we ever fall short and we sin, the wages for sin is death. And yet God says, run to me. Take refuge in me. And so David, being a a prophet in a sense, or being prophetic, shall I say, David, who wrote the psalm, says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve you, God, but I'm running to you because I need you. And then he goes on to say, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And there's that sense of God is my treasure. I have nothing good. There's nothing good in my life if if it's not from God. And so again, this is in my notes, but again, the field, the treasure, the field of great price, it's Jesus. It's it's giving up everything because I have nothing. Nothing I have. And this was David saying, like, I have the mighty men following me, and I have this prophetic word that I'm going to be the king one day, but I have nothing without you. And so the question to you all this morning is, are you holding on to anything? And it came through in worship. If you're holding on to anything that isn't Jesus, let it go. Because if you hold on to something else, you can't like hook your foot around Jesus and be like, I've got you two. I do that. I've got three kids. So sometimes you do that. You, I've got one. And then you're like, come on, guys, let's go. No. You've got to let go of what you have. So I'm going to ask you this morning, how do you relate to God? Is he your father? Is he your friend? Is he your, your husband-to-be, the groom? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Is he your obsession? Okay, we'll go on. As for the saints in the land, I like this translation. It reminds me of Bill and Ted. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. Sorry, that was for people in their 40s. In whom is all my delight? How's that for crazy? That's you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Now, now the funny thing about the psalm is that David kind of, one minute he's talking as David, the next minute he's talking as God. He kind of switches between the two. But God delights in you if you seek him. Remember, the pretext is the beginning is, you are my refuge. And then the rest flows from there. All the rest of the psalm, it's as his, if he's our refuge. 
And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it up on the screen, so we can leave that up on the screen. But I want to read something quickly to you from Psalm from Exodus three. And Exodus three is just the story where where Jesus or where God meets with Moses, where Moses encounters God for the first time. You can go and read it at home if you don't know the full story. But I'm looking in Exodus three. I'm reading from verse two. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burning. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off. Your, pla- uh, your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. This is the same Moses who later on said, let me see you. <laughs> but when he did see God, he was scared. And again, there's that sense for us of the ground on which we're standing is holy ground. Are we in awe of God? Is he our delight as much as we are his delight? Because that's what he wants. He wants us to delight in him. He wants us to see him in the distance and, and change our path from what we have planned to what he has planned. Okay, then we can go on. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their name on my lips. And this is the part where all of you say, oh, this one doesn't apply to me. I can just relax. I don't do blood sacrifices. (laughs) I'm good. Anything that is not focused on Jesus Anything we hold on to, anything we strive to do that is not of God is idolatry. And God said, you will have one God. And for many of us, it's like, but, but God, you are Lord. I just really like this too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you and do this. And God says, but I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Anytime you apply yourself to something that I haven't called you to, and I'm not saying that we're all now going to sit in this hall seven days a week and seek the Lord. It's not literal, but it's where's my heart? Am I working unto the Lord? Am I sleeping, like Jethro last night, unto the Lord? Am I bringing up my children unto the Lord? Or have I got a few blood sacrifices in the back pocket? Because here's the interesting thing. We've been talking about uh, the attacks of, of the enemy. We've been talking about anxiety. We've been talking about a lot of you have been seeing difficult things happening in your lives. And we often ask, we all take the stance of Job of, I am holy, but the Lord is testing me. But I will, I will endure the test. 
Now I want to say yes, unless this applies in your life. If you are running after something that isn't Jesus, even for five minutes a week, the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. It's kind of scary. And I want to say to you, if that's starting to make you feel like, oh my word, that's too much, don't worry, there is grace. Just say, Jesus, I want you to have all my heart. Tell me what in me is not yours, and I will give it to you, because I want to have you. You're all that I need. And then afterwards, he adds on after that. But, but first, get our hearts right. Because like I said earlier, you ran to the city of refuge, but you're like, this is cool, I'm enjoying this, but I'm just going to quickly step out to go do what I need to do. If you step out of the city of refuge, you step into the other side. You step out of the sovereign territory of God. So we can do that with our lives. Okay, that's the weightiness. But now comes the awesome side. If we choose to make God our refuge, if we choose to lay down all of our flesh and all of our stuff, then God just starts pouring out the good stuff. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. And so for David, he could just see God was going to, as he submitted to God, he could see God was just going to extend the kingdom of Israel. He was going to move into other territories. Now, I'm not talking about physical land anymore. God will give us the nations. God will give us an inheritance of people. When we let Nadine go out to the Northern Cape and go and change people's lives through the grace of God that God has put onto her, we share in that inheritance because we send her out. We stand shoulder to shoulder with her. We're not physically there, but we are in spirit. We get to share in that beautiful inheritance because we submitted to one God. And then Jesus said to his disciples, anybody who gives anything in this life will get in this life and in the next life. And I don't know how that works. Because I'm not about to say, if you tithe this much, next week this will happen to your bank account. <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> but I know that whatever's waiting for us on the other side of eternity is beyond anything we can imagine. Yeah. And are we desiring it? Are we hungry for it? Are we excited for a God that can give us more than we can imagine? That, for me, is a beautiful inheritance. Suddenly, it doesn't matter how much that field cost. And I can imagine in that story, like, you know, the person would, if you, if you read in the Old Testament how they haggled for fields and for land, it would be a sense of, um, how much do you want for the land? And the guy would be like, 10,000 rand. Okay, cool. Will 10 million do? <laughs> what, what are you doing? I'll give you everything I've got. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, I'll take it. 
It doesn't make sense, except in God. All right, then God goes on to say, well, David goes on to say, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. And that's that sense of last week, Jethro was talking about in the beginning, and then there was day and there was night. And then there was day and there was night. And we got to the seventh day, and there just was. And that sense of the enemy tries to attack us. It feels like he has the special enjoyment of coming out after dark and messing with us. Nightmares and anxiety and fear. How many times do you get through the day and you've had a good day and then your day kind of ends and you're getting ready to go to bed and suddenly you get struck with the fear of what's happening tomorrow and the anxiety and the trouble. And it's like... You know, we, we know that the, the Bible says, you know, we walk in the light. The devil likes to operate in the dark. And I know that is, that's spiritual. But sometimes it feels like it's, it's physical too. We let our guard down. We go to sleep and there's the devil. Ooh, let's mess with your head quickly. But this is the God we serve. This is the God who gives us counsel by day and by night. It's not like you live a double life where during the day I will be a Christian and at night I'll be somebody else. No, because God is with us 24-7. He is our refuge 24-7. He doesn't rest. He doesn't take holidays. And there's this interesting thought. I, I shared this with the leaders um, this is kind of a public repentance in a sense, but I shared this with the leaders on Tuesday. We had a meeting. And um, I got finished with the day, and I think Levi went to sleep at about 9 o'clock. I was like, finally, I get my own part of the day. To me, all the kids are asleep. And God had stuff planned for me, but I kind of didn't ask him. I didn't say, God, what, what, what do we do next? So I, I took up my phone, and I, I started to watch something on Netflix. Um, and I watched for a bit, and I watched for a bit, and I got a bit later, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go to bed now. And I felt God prompt me, and he said, are you done yet? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, there's something I wanted to talk to you about tonight. I was like, okay, cool, can it wait? He's like, no. <laughs> so there I was, sitting on the couch, Bible open, watching the clock head towards midnight. That's the God we serve. He's jealous for us. He wants to spend time with us. Uh, we, we had... Um, Aubrey and Elo Eloise, their kids, uh, I love their kids. But Aubrey, Aubrey came last week to come and drop off the sound equipment after the service. And the kids just fly out the car. I don't even know if the door was open, if they can go through metal or if it was a window. But, but they just flew out the car and they're like seeking out my kids. <laughs> and it's that sense of like, we've got five minutes maybe. Let's make the most of it. And I was like, Jesus said, be childlike in your faith. Can you steal five minutes with Jesus quickly? I love Mervis. I'm desperate for him to come and visit us. Mervis, like, he'll go out for dinner. If, ever, if Mervis ever goes to the, if you ever go out to dinner with Mervis and he goes to the bathroom and he's a bit long, it's because of this. There, there are times when he's like, he's sitting at, day, at dinner, like eating like normal people. And he'd be like, I need the Lord. 
And he'll go to the bathroom to find a quiet place, and he'll just seek the Lord for a few minutes, and then he'll go back in again. Because he just has this passion to always be close to God. So he'll go and steal five minutes. It's, it's weird, but it's amazing. Can we be like that? Can we be hungry for the God that serves and saves and just loves us? Can we be hungry for that God? And I can tell you, if that's how you are with God, the enemy must flee. Not might, must flee. If we make God our refuge. Right, I'm getting carried away here. Uh, I've set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. So again, it's a bit of gymnastics there. He's in front of us and he's next to us. If you read other scriptures, he's in front of us and he's behind us. He hedges us in. But again, sorry, yeah, over us, under us. Maybe we're just in him. <laughs> Are we in the vine? Are we in him? That makes more sense. But here's my question to you. Have you set the Lord always when you feel like it? When you don't feel like it, when you're feeling inspired, when you're feeling exhausted, have you set the Lord before you? I will follow you where you walk, where your footsteps. Let me find them in the sand and I'll walk in them. Because it'll be so much easier. And if that's the case, if that's your heart, then you will not be shaken. So then we go on. And here's another symptom of God is my refuge. Therefore, my heart is glad. Who here wants to be glad? Yeah, anybody? Anybody? Not? There are a few people that are not so sure. <laughs> I want to be glad. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My whole being. That's that part where you see that parent at sports day and they're running around their track, running around the track and their kid is at the front or, or in second place and they just lose it. And they just start jumping up and down and they're waving their hands. I can see Jeremy's done this before at sports day. <laughs> but they just start screaming and jumping up and down and like, if I can cheer my child on, they'll just go faster. I can't push them, but I can cheer for them. With my whole body. And we're going to talk about worship soon. With my whole body, I rejoice in the Lord. With my whole body, I worship the Lord. That's a symptom. That's an overflow of being plugged into Jesus. Of Jesus being my rest. Of Jesus being my refuge. You can't help it. It just pours out of you. My flesh always dwells secure. For you did not abandon my soul to shawl or let your Holy One see corruption. We can go on. And this, this is my favorite line in the, whole, in the whole psalm. You make known to me the path of life. If, if there was ever an Ian Yonker Ministries international version of the Bible which there will never be. But if there was, the word the would have a capital. 
There is one path to life. One path. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Outside of me, there is nothing. Outside of my refuge, there is nothing but gnashing and wailing. One path. Is it an easy path? No. But it's a good path. So if you want life, there was a song back in the day, Choose Life. In your presence, there is fullness. Fullness. You can't describe fullness. The best way to describe fullness, again, for some reason, I'm channeling Dion Dalport this morning, but, but, but he once described it. This is fullness. And he took a glass, and he poured in water, and he poured in water, and he poured in water, and the water was all over the floor, and he just kept on pouring. This is the fullness of the Lord. It is not a nice conservative half glass of water. It is not a generous almost to the top of water. The fullness of God has to overflow because God is so much bigger than us. It's the wave that's coming. It's the ocean that surrounds us. God is the fullness of joy in us. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I want to pause there for a second because there will be troubles. I'd be lying if I said there wouldn't be troubles. This world, Jesus said, would be full of trouble. Otherwise, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need a refuge. But there's a place where there aren't any troubles. And that's eternity with Jesus. And I don't understand it. Is it heaven? Is it new earth? Is it both? All I know is Jesus is going to be there. And we're going to see him face to face. And he's going to wipe every tear. And there will be no more tears after that day. And we get to spend the rest of eternity with him. And that, there is nothing better. We don't even have to talk about the fact that the streets are gold. We don't have to talk about the fact that we will live in God's house or what the fixtures and fittings will look like. Because the Bible says there won't even be a sun or a moon because the light of, of Jesus will be bright enough to light everything. I don't know how that works. I don't know how Jesus bends round corners. But he will be everywhere. And I think for the first million years, we won't even notice the gold on the ground. Because we'll be like this. 
And then all the second million will be like this. That's why God had to make it eternity, because it's that long before we're going to be able to like close the mouth and then actually worship. Because God is awesome. He's indescribable. And He's inviting every single one of you in to His refuge, into Himself. Jeez, wow, it's like, man, I want to give my life to the Lord now. Yo, uh, yo, yo, so, jeez, I don't even know how to land that. I feel like we should just be here. Yeah, so the Lord has given me a way to land this. Thank you, Lord. So I just felt or in these past few weeks of hearing about abiding and hearing about this Jesus being the Sabbath, um, I've probably had this week and next week and the week before, it's probably the three busiest weeks of my year just because of tax year and stuff. So this song has literally, literally kept me in, in those things that we've been talking about, about abiding and, and Sabbath. And as we're talking now about refuge, I just feel that the, this little chorus that kept me sums up all those three things in one. So can I sing it over us? Can you close your eyes? I'll sing the chorus twice. And it's a prayer. And then I'm going to ask Jethro to continue with the prayer after that. Is that okay? And Jethro actually gave me, put me onto the song. So it's you. It's, it's all you. Okay, uh, close your eyes. So hide me deep inside your heart, Lord. Cover me with your wings and bring me into safety and bring me into fellowship of who you are, Lord. Father, Son, and Spirit, this is all I long for. So hide me deep inside your heart, Lord. Cover me with your wings and bring me into safety and bring me into fellowship with who you are, Lord. Father, Son, and Spirit, this is all I long for. Thanks, Eddie. Yo. <clears throat> Yo, I love that song. Uh, it's Alison Page. It's called In Your Midst. It's an amazing song. Um, yeah, so just even with that same spirit, like just if we could all close our eyes. Um, and I'm going to just say a few things, and I, I just want you to 